Welcome to Resurrection Church Podcast. We are honored you are here. Without any further delay, here's the word. First Timothy, uh, chapter. First Timothy, chapter six. As I turn there, First Tim- Timothy, chapter six. And today, I've kind of given us a subtitle called "Eat My Dust." A little bit like this this uh, clip that Marcus put together. Um, you, we all fantasize or remember our high school and college days. I do, particularly in sports. And, and I was very active in sports, but I wasn't a particularly gifted or talented person, personally. Uh, but I was offered a, and went to Lenore Island on a full scholarship to play football. And it, it had really nothing to do with skills or talent or any of that stuff it was just that even in high school I guess it's in the personality I learned to lay it on the line and pay the price until there was nothing left and I remember I particularly remember my junior year we were starting the season the first game I was the starting a defensive halfback and playing second string on as an offensive receiver and that requires a lot of running but anyway on the second play of the game, the, the other receiver I was to support uh, got hurt. So here I am as a so, uh, junior, a little skinny junior, and I'm playing both ways. But because, I, get, I don't know why, you know, this is, it, was, it had to be God. But I, did, I just went out and I, I, I played so hard that when I finished the game, I got sick. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but I did that track the same way I'd throw up. I mean, so physically exhausted, and um, but I did it, and I learned then, or I practiced then what I really want to talk to you about today, and is going all the way, where you don't back up, you don't slow down, you don't retire, you don't stop, you keep going, and you put it all out, all out on that field called life. And you give it your all, all the time. And that's what I want to talk about, about eating my dust and fighting the good faith. So are you with me in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 12? All right. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And you make good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus Christ who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will bring about at the proper time he who is the blessed and and only sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords. Still one more who alone possesses immortality, I just thought of talking about Jesus, and dwells in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be the honor and the eternal uh, dominion. Amen. Here Paul tells us that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight. You know, anyone who's trying to serve the Lord will face resistance. It's going to happen. It's part of what life is all about. Now, that resistance comes in many different forms. 
but it mostly comes through people. When you want to do something great for God, there'll always be some critic on the side that says, you can't do that, nobody's ever done that before, that won't work. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anytime you want to do something for the Lord, it seems like these, these, uh, these people come out of the woodwork and, and, you, and you have to face all their, 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 their stuff. And, um, and, what, and a lot of that is from Christians. Can you believe that? That Christians would talk that way. But it does happen. I, I, I sort of liken them to this. Uh, uh, if you ever, have you ever been out to the beach? And uh, Well, let me tell you my story about no seeums. You might know what a no seeum is. Those are little gnats that you can barely see. The man, they've got a bite that won't quit. My wife and I, this was years ago, my wife went out. On the, we were having a little vacation and so I decided I'd take a fishing pole and walk down the beach. It was really uh, isolated, really, very, very quiet. And so I took the bait and all that stuff, and I went around the corner. I was, I was about probably close to a mile from where the condo was. So I go out there and go fishing, or try to. So I, all of a sudden, I, get, I feel something crawling all over my scalp. You remember, if you, and I didn't have a hat on. And next thing I know, I was, I was encased in all these no see well, I want you to know, it didn't take long to figure out that I needed to make some, I needed to uh, get out of there in a hurry. So I dropped everything. I let my bait bucket, rods, reels, everything, and I cut a trail out of, those, out of there just flapping at those no seams. And, man, they were eating me up. Next time I want a bug spray. But anyway, maybe, I, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need some human bug spray for those people, those critics, those no naysayers. But, you know, but they're all around us, and they begin to swarm us. Anytime, anytime you decide to serve God at a greater capacity, I promise you there, there'll be no sims out there. But, you know, that's true because they can't see it anyway. When God gives you vision, He isn't asking you to get approval from someone else. He wants you to do it, not someone else. But, you know, this. see, I believe that, there, that even Satan can use Christians. But he'll, you know, he he's nondescript in that. He'll send anyone he can to 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 distract us. Here's what this is the things that you'll hear, and and I know this has been troubling some of you this week. People will tell you, you need to slow down. They'll say things like, "Oh, it doesn't take all that." They'll, they'll, they'll uh, imply that you're too radical, that you're too intense for Jesus, that, uh, that you're too hyper for Jesus, and you just need to calm down and, and be a regular Christian. See, what they want to do is they want to rain on our fiery faith. They want to douse out the fire because, you see, Critics are that way. When they see someone else doing something, they want to shut them down because they're not doing anything. But I know, you know, we can fight this thing. They'll say they want to throw water on your party, so to speak. When you've heard from the Lord, they want to put you down. They want to say, oh, it doesn't take all that. You, you, just, you need to be quiet every once in a while. I, th I think I told you a number of years ago I went to a local church here, and they're, they're great people. But on the front sign as you walked into the sanctuary, it said, shh. No talking. In church. 
I mean, well, anyway, you get my point. So you have enemies, and they've been beating on your brains this week who want to demoralize you. They want to distract you. They want to get you off of God's purpose and His destiny for your life. And, and they're literally trying to make you stop walking forward. They want you to back off of your faith. You know what? I'm, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've seen this time. You know, do any of you have family? They're the worst. They're, 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 they, you know, they're, they're trying to be nice, but, 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 but when they get around a fiery Christian like you, it, it, I don't know, I guess it brings some kind of condemnation or something. But Paul says we are to fight the good fight of faith, and we are to put the, we are to, put the devil in the dust. Now, I'm going to show, now I'm going to really tell you about my age right now. I got about a minute video of something that some of you might remember about somebody eating somebody else's dust. Hold on a second. Let's go ahead and show that. You'll get a kick out of this. You can turn it up. I like big music. Just like the devil in it. <laughs> oh, so do, do, do you remember that? Some of you have no idea. Yeah, that was back in the '60s when we actually watched real cartoons. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, the Roadrunner was always causing Wiley e. Coyote to eat his dust everywhere he went. He was running, 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 and you know, the old coyote. The old wolf called the devil just couldn't keep up with him. He always had to eat his dust. But the key to it is that the roadrunner always kept running. He always stayed ahead of the game. He always pressed the issue. And I want to talk about that just for a minute. I want you to want us to, this is just an exhortation. I'm going to have you out of here in just a few minutes, I hope. To fight the good fight of faith, to get the devil where he's eating your dust. Now, in this text, we see very clearly in verse 14, he tells us that you keep the commandments without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to, first of all, the way you can get the devil to eat your dust is to live, live without stain or without reproach. 
to live without stain or reproach. What in the world was Paul talking about? He was saying, he was saying set your standards high and never compromise. If you're, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you've got, to, you've got to live at a higher standard than everyone else. So whatever you see in another believer, our attainment is to do even more for the kingdom of God. Live at that higher standard. Don't go down to their level. And never, never, never compromise because you see the critics are going to, the first thing they want to do is get you to come to their level. That's why they're a critic because you've already been raised up higher. And then he tells them, he says, keep the commandments. Now, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, you know, the standard of the commandments is the Word of God. May I suggest we actually open it up and read it and find out what's in it and live by those standards. Listen, there is so much pressure on our society today because of the, all the new social media. There are a lot of wacky things going on out there, but I'm here to tell you that the solid foundation of, is God's Word. Base your life on what it says and not on what society tells you ought to be believing. Always go by that standard. Know that we're to live without stain or without any kind of reproach. And then, in fact, earlier on in this particular book, when Paul was writing to Timothy, in chapter 1, verse uh, 19, I think it was, he says, and may they, may they help, he was talking about, well, let me read it. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Anybody been in a battle recently? Remember, it's not your battle. It's his battle. And it says, cling, in verse 19, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. So he gives us instruction, if you're going to run this race and we're going to fight a good fight and we're going to get the devil to eat our dust, then we're going to have to cling to our faith. My friends, the enemy doesn't like it when you operate in faith itself. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that's not yet seen. So there is, there, people want to tell you, well, if, you know, basically they say, well, if you can't see it, don't believe it. But faith says, no, you believe it even when you can't see it. And that will, listen, that will create more commotion than anything else. Your critics will, will just love you for that, right? Yeah, really. So he says, cling to your faith and keep your conscience clear. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and sometimes we get a little uh, too spiritual, and we're talking about, you know, obeying the Holy Spirit, and we should. But my friends, you've got two active things. You've got the Spirit of God, and you've got your conscience, and your conscience is telling you right from wrong. It's, it's every person, every person in the world has a conscience that is, that is embedded in God's Word. God created the conscience. And he created that with, to know the difference between right and wrong. So we know the difference. But yet, people say, well, you know it doesn't take all that. Can I say to you athletes, leave it on the field. Leave it on the field. Give what you've got and leave it out there. Don't ever back down. And I, I just feel so strongly this, this week that the enemy has just been intimidating some people in here, telling you, 
that and through all kinds of sources that, that you just don't need to pursue that. You just need to stop believing for that miracle or that son or daughter coming off of drugs or, or deliverance for your husband. No, I'm here to tell you, my friends, you need, to leave, you need to leave it on the field. You need to put it out there. You need to keep trusting God, keep believing God, keep praying, keep believing that God's going to do something on your behalf. But I warn us all that we should never underestimate our critics or our enemies, which is one and the same. In fact, Paul said in Philippians 1.28, he said, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Now again, those enemies can be our best friends. They can be a neighbor. They can be a churchgoer. They can be a family member. It could be a co-worker. It could be someone that you, that you just bump into, but they're out there. Because Paul said, listen, he says, they're a sign that, 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 there's gonna, that they're going to be destroyed and that you're going to be saved. Wow. So Paul goes on, he said, he said, now in this, don't be intimidated, but make sure, he says in verse 30, that we are, we are, we are in this struggle together. Tell the person, two people beside of you, we're in this thing together. See, this is, this is part of, of, of living a faithful fight is staying connected to the body of believers. That's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to separate you from the very people that can help you. So stay in the fight with other believers in the faith. Stay in the fight. Hang around people who will support you, edify you, strengthen you, and, and, and encourage you. Um, this is something you have to be very careful with because people who typically have a problem, particularly in the church, people who have a problem in the church will try to gravitate towards other people who have the same problem. Well, those folks aren't going to help you. If you're struggling in your marriage, you don't want to buddy up with someone that's struggling with their marriage. They don't have answers, obviously. Thank you. Go, go to, if you're struggling in your marriage, start hanging around somebody that appears that they have a good, solid, biblical marriage. If you're, if you're, if you're struggling with a, a, some other sin issue, don't go to someone else. Go to someone who's gotten a victory over it. That's why Paul left us in the body of Christ is so that, so that when we're together, it's not, as, it's not that we're as easily intimidated. The enemy's best work is when he gets us alone. Now, we can't be together with everybody all the time, can we? But we can make an effort to be around other believers. So he tells us, don't be intimidated. So if we're going to fight this fight, Paul also gives us some instruction in the uh, in Philippians 3, verses 12, 13, and 14, he says we need to keep pressing. That's why I say leave it on the field. Give everything you've got to Jesus Christ. Give it all to Him. It would, now I want to tell you something. When you do this, it will cost. It will cost you in relationships. But the fact of the matter is, if they weren't good to begin with, why does it matter? But when you decide to leave it on the field and to run this race and to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to lose some friendships, which are hurtful but not harmful. They're, it's good to separate that. He says in Philippians 3, 12, 13, 14, Not that I have already obtained 
or I have already become perfect, but I press on. Tell somebody beside you, just keep pressing, baby. Just keep pressing. I'll press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, and this is great and great help here for all of us, forgetting what lies behind. Jesus, thank you so much for that word. Some of us, if you're being intimidated, just forget what's been behind. People will say, oh, you can't serve God that way. You, you made this mistake. You were that way. And, 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 and so I, I'm not, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even want to be around you because you did that. Well, that may be true. But if I admitted to it, repented of it, confessed it before God, then he's put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. And if he doesn't remember it, why should I? And if you've got somebody reminding you of your past, just move on. Just move on. And, and I guess the best answer would say, hey, that's under the blood. See, when people hold something against you for a long time, even though you've repented of it, they are denying the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. They're saying that his sacrifice on the cross was not, was not enough to forgive you. They have a problem. As long as you've confessed it, repented of it, and cleared your conscience before the Lord, then you move forward. That's what Paul is talking about here. He said, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so I'm here to tell you today, don't slow down. Don't back up. Don't pull the throttle back. Don't ease off. Keep pressing. Keep moving. Things like, don't retire. I see this all the time. My friends, just because Social Security kicks in at 65 doesn't mean you quit everything. In fact, you ought to be the most, most productive, most powerful people when you get to that age because you've got the time you didn't have 20 years ago to give into the kingdom of God. Don't retire. Don't quit. Don't slow down. No, I, you know, I, I, live, I have to tell myself this often. I say, Lord, I got the spirit of Caleb. I have the spirit of Caleb. I'm better, at, I'll be better at 85 than I was at 40. Now, that's my confession. He'll do what I, the point is this, is that, see, I know that, that, that I have to keep going because he's not through with me yet. And as long as there's breath in our body, you retired folks, keep serving God. Keep pressing the issue. Keep ministering to people. Yeah, you're going to have setbacks. Yeah, people are going to leave your life. But hey, what's new? They've been doing it most of your life already. So don't ever, don't ever, don't ever retire on God. And this is an issue that we have to, we old folks have got to deal with. I had a man come in my office one time, serve the Lord uh, for many, many years, and he walked in one day, and he just said, uh, I'm done. I'm done. Well, he was. When you get in that age, you don't ever say, I'm done. God is never finished with you. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep pressing. 
regardless of the situation. I'm here to encourage you today. If you've been struggling with wanting to quit or stop something or, 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 or just settle down, well, you know, I deserve my retirement. I worked hard. Well, get the Social Security check from the government. But that doesn't mean you stop. You keep moving. You keep pouring out. You keep giving. You keep blessing. You keep being a, an integral part of the local body. Who's, you're not to retire from God. How can you retire from God? Even my grand, my grandmama, you know, I love my my grandmother. She was 96 when she died, and uh, I, but you know, but she was such an impact on my life. And even and even in her, the latest of her later years, she would come to church. She would make sure she'd come to church. The reason I know is I remember. <laughs> uh, can I tell you this? It's kind of funny. She came into church one day, and, and uh, my uncle always brought her. Of course, he was old. I mean, my grandmother was old when I was a kid. But anyway. So she comes toddling. <laughs> she got, came toddling down the aisle. You know, when 96, you know, you're not going to be the speediest bullet in the gun, right? So she's coming down like this, and my uncle was following in behind her. And she was ready to praise the Lord. She loved Jesus. I want to tell you what, that woman taught me how to laugh. She taught the whole family how to laugh, how to have a good time. And she just kept walking. <laughs> well, I did, we, no one of us knew this, but her, her panties fell off. <laughs> Down around her feet, she was doing this. And so she never stopped. The woman never stopped because she had a place up here that she was supposed to be. So my uncle just kind of stooped down there and said, Mama, step out of them. And he just grabbed them. <laughs> and she stepped out of those things and he took them and put them in his pocket. <laughs> but that woman was on the front row serving God. <laughs> That's my story. You can tell. She kept pressing, she kept moving, she kept walking at 96. Well, that was a great example for all of us. And even if things start to fall off, just pick them up and keep moving. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too offensive to anybody, but I mean, she was 96, okay? Oh, so I had great... <laughs> See, hey, Marcus, you had not heard that one, had you? He had not. Marcus says he's heard every story I've ever told, but that was a new one. <laughs> oh, goodness. So my point is, is we've got to keep pressing. You'll never, never, never retire. In fact, Paul went on to say, he said, not only do you want to do this, you want to stay alert. You want to keep your spiritual antenna up. Excuse me, not Paul, Peter, Paul, but Peter said this. In 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, 8, 9, he says, stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He, roar, he prowls about like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Notice there's no age limit on this. Whether you're 10 
or a hundred. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kinds of suffering as you are. So you got to keep, you got to stay alert. You got to keep fighting. And I want to close with this scripture because it's so encouraging to me. In uh, Ephesians chapter, turn with me if you will, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Hurry with me over there. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle, and this is so crucial we remember this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, I've been talking about all those critics. We all have them. But you have to understand that there is a that they are being motivated by another force. And many times those of us, those who who would stand against us to criticize us, God will actually can use them to move you to your purpose and destiny. So don't ever disdain that. He says, Our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist an evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand your ground, church. When God speaks to you, stand your ground. When God gives you vision, stand your ground. When God opens a door, stand your ground. When your, when your critics come, the naysayers come, stand your ground. Because they're, they're going to try to suck you out of the will of God. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of what? Of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation. Now, I want to remind you that all so far in that list of things Paul was talking about, those are defensive mechanisms. But he also says, I've got an offensive weapon I want you to use. And he says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So stand your ground and use your sword. Sword? What do you mean? The sword is the Word of God. Now, I am not talking just about reading it. I'm talking about getting enough of this Bible in your heart where you can repeat it. In the book of Revelation, we see it quite often when John was writing about, it was called a double-edged sword. That means It literally means a double-spoken word. Did you know that? The scripture says in Revelation that it's a double spoken word. What do you mean by that? Well, God spoke it into, into existence. And then the double spoken part is when we re-speak it. When we regurgitate it. When we bring it out of our mouth, we're using the word of God. And so if you're going through a fight and you're going through a struggle, you need to, well, let me put it this way. I didn't have toys like that when I was growing up. 
I said, that's all, that's all we had. Yeah, you punch Iowa City. Oh, man, that's good. And it worked, too. This is a Walmart special. I didn't want to spend too much of your money. You bought it. <laughs> Just for our entertainment. My point is this, is you take the sword of God. It works. Devil eat my dust. The word of God says, I am the head and not the tail. I'm on top and not underneath. I'm blessed and not cursed. I walk in health by the stripes of Jesus. I am saved and born again. I will go to heaven because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever it is that you've been fighting with, Pull out the word of God and use it and speak it. Say it out loud. Declare it over your life. God will use that. That's how you get the devil to eat your dust. You won't need one of these flimsy little, but it is pretty cool. It was, see, men and, men and lights have this thing. Men and lights and noises. Man, this is our alley. Ladies, you could care less. But we love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I turned it off. You see, my friends, God has given us everything we need to prosper us, to bless us, to do the things of the kingdom. Pull out your word. Speak it. He goes on to say in that text that when, that when then it says, and with all prayer and petition at all times, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. You say, what does that mean? That means you pray in that, pray in that prayer language that God gave to every believer when they were born again. It's part of the package. It's there. You just have to use it. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you use your prayer language. Pray. Paul said, I pray with my understanding, and I pray in the Spirit. I sing with my understanding, and then I sing in the Spirit. So he's given us these tools for us to use. So when you don't know how to pray, just pray in the Spirit. Pray out loud where you can hear yourself. Because you know what the good news is? This fight that we're in is fixed. I said the fight is fixed. See, the victory has already been won. See, you have the greater one. Everyone say, I have the greater one. John said in 1 John, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than what? He that's in the world. Jesus said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have what? Overcome the world. My friends, you win. Don't let the naysayers tell you to back off, to settle down, to chill out. It doesn't take all of that. And I, want, I, want, and I want to talk to this group of people. My friends, you've got to get connected. You've Listen, if you're going to have the devil eat your dust and rather than you eating his dust, you're going to have to get in church. You're going to have to get around saints of God all the time. Listen, I don't know how some of you live part-time Christianity. I don't understand how you can come in and go out and come in and go out and come in and go out. You show up one week and you're gone two, then you're gone three and you come back four. It, 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 I don't, it, it is a reflection of your lack of spirituality. I'm being tough on some of you, but you need to hear it. You need to be here. If you're in town, be at church. 
on Sunday mornings. Not because it makes the pastor feel good, but because you need it. We need one another. There is, there is safety in the volume of the body of believers. Go ahead. If you want to get your head busted up, go out there and drift around and just serve God halfway. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll get you. But my friends, you don't have to do that. You can fight this good fight of faith. You can trust God. You can believe God. You can have the devil eating your dust. You've got to, you've got to press to win because Paul said in Romans, he said, all these things we, have, we are overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. So if you're in a fight of your life, just know that it's his fight and not yours. Let's all stand to our feet. I could give you all kinds of scriptures. The Bible says, thanks be unto God who's already given us the victory in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember the Deeds 11th commandment? Thou shalt not sweat it. That's mine. It's not in the Bible, okay. What do we do in all this? We cooperate. Cooperate with your conscience cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know some of you in this room are struggling with your faith right now. Your faith has been sporadic. It's been hit or miss. You've been in and out or down, up and down. And your spiritual life is like a roller coaster. It ought not be that way. God has given us all the utensils to fight a good fight of faith. It's before us today. So I challenge you, step up. Leave it on the field. Leave it on the field. When you go out of this earth, when you leave this earth, leave it in a blast of glory. Not in a whimpering, dying, unattached Death, I don't, it's just, no. When you leave this place, go out in the power of God. Go out preaching and teaching and ministering. Go out laying hands on people. I mean, listen, what a great way to go. Go lay hands on somebody and see them get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and, and healed and, and, and then go home. But you, you're on a mission, so don't ever retire, don't ever stop, don't ever slow down, don't ever quit. Because the fight is going to be here till the end, and you've got a race to run. God wants to see you through this. He's going to bring the power. He's going to bring the deliverance. That's why he died on the cross for us. So what if they accuse you of being too radical? You're too intense. It doesn't take all that. Stop. Don't stop. Don't step down. Don't quit. Don't retire. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep pressing. Keep going with God. Oh, yeah, you're going to face some trials and tribulations. Yeah, there'll be things in your life. But you know what? In today's society, you can still preach the gospel. I, you know, that's one good thing about Facebook. You can be on your deathbed and still be preaching Jesus. You know, that's the only reason I have a Facebook account. Because I have the opportunity to get other people besides Christians on it. I do not take women. I do not take anybody in this church because I don't. Keep, I love you, but I get to see you all, all the time. I'm out there. I want to be out there where the world is sharing the gospel. Well, you can do. You, you know, a person could do that on their deathbed. 
So we've got a grand opportunity to present the gospel. But my friends, we've got to step up. We've got to believe God. Don't compromise. Don't slow up. I'm here to tell you. And we're going to pray. How many of you would say today, just by the raising hand, say, Pastor, man, you hit me right on the head. I understand where you're coming from. I, I have kind of fallen back. I've kind of listened to some other people. I'm not where I need to be. I just, I just need, to, I need, I need to leave it on the field. I need to, I need to run this race. I need to be like the, the, the uh, I, I want to get the wily coyote out of my life. And I'm going to beep, beep, and I'm going to keep moving. Raise your hand if you like it. We're going to pray for you. Not asking you to come up, but if you're struggling a little bit, I want you to come up. I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, build a new fire under every believer in this house. Lord, stoke them with internal combustion of the Holy Spirit. That unless they share their faith and touch people's lives, they'll explode in the inside. Oh, Paul talked about it all the time, Lord. So I'm asking you to empower and fill your people with fresh fire so that we can press on and keep moving, keep doing the things of the kingdom of God. Lord, we will not be discouraged. We will not back down. We'll leave it on the field, Lord, for you. Father, now thank you for touching every heart in this place and transforming them with the fire of God. In Jesus' name. Now, before we go out of here, maybe, may, are you serving the Lord? Are you fully committed to Jesus Christ? In other words, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Just because you prayed a little prayer and, quote, you asked Jesus into your life 10, 15, 20 years ago does not, say, does not guarantee you entrance into heaven. No, my friends, when you get, when you get truly born again, your lifestyle will change. You'll be different. And it comes through the, through the premise of repentance. That means you change your mind. You confess your sins. You repent of your sins. And, you've, and listen, as Christians, we mess up, so we've got to go back into the throne room and, and take care and deal with those things all, you know, on a regular basis. But my point is this. Make sure that you're truly born again today. Thank you for listening to the Resurrection Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged and ready to win souls for Christ. For more information or to plan your visit, go to rc-hickory.org.